0: All right, you guys, welcome to the program. Someone who was born at a certain month and then got named after that month. It's September joining us uh, on the show. Hi, September. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you, Scott?
0: You know what? I'm fantastic. Uh, it's really nice to have you here. Of course, a uh, contestant on this year's ANTP competition yeah. and uh, doing real good. The the one person I think early on in the competition where everybody said she should sounds like an NPR voice or something like that. Do you get that a lot?
1: I actually do. <laughs> Friends mm-hmm. of mine that have listened to the show even though they know me in person have said that to
0: me. Yeah. I think you do. I think you've got a mm-hmm. real um I don't know what to I don't know. How- like a smoky quality without without like being
2: a rough smoky quality. It's a it's a uh it's got a very Basic quality. Yeah, you're really somebody's. Like, yeah.
0: You're somebody's ASMR. Okay, that's what we're saying. <laughs> I don't know who it when is. When I was
1: young, people used to say Lauren Bacall.
0: Oh, that's oh, interesting. Oh yeah, sure, yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Kathleen well, um, Turner,
2: sure, yeah. sure.
0: Uh, are all the old favorites, as I like yeah. to call them. Um, <laughs> well, it's good to have you here. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the show that you already run? Um, I, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Tell us about it and why uh, you know why people should be checking it out.
1: So my primary show with the greatest longevity is Geek Grills. And actually yesterday is the sixth anniversary.
0: Oh wow. Oh dude. sick, dude. Yeah. Well done. Six years is no small thing. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, like not only do we not pod fade, but <laughs> six years is significant. <laughs> We're on episode yeah. two seventy nine. Yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah. But it's kind of talk show ish. Like TMS, it's very much focused on the hosts. Uh, we have three women hosts and we're kind of of three generations right now. Like I'm Gen X and Linda is a millennial and Ray is Gen Y. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, we have topics, uh, but we also talk about whatever we're nerding on um, at the time.
0: So, grills Describe is what? A, a, grills is a ref, reference on girls, right?
1: It is. I mean, that's kind of niche. I, we have been mistaken for a cooking show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, but
1: gamers know.
0: Yeah, gamers know. Yeah. Gamer, look, gamers are in the know. We know these, uh, these, these, the way these words work. And uh, I always, I always knew when I first heard about it. I went, oh, I know what they're doing. But uh, I, I, I did yeah, kind of wonder. Yeah. I I, I exactly. kind of wonder if they were going to, you know, somebody was going to think you guys do how to make a burger on a Saturday afternoon and out in the yard or whatever. But uh <laughs> sounds like not so much. We
1: did do one show about grilling and smoking and
0: stuff. Did you, oh, that's awesome. That, that's the one you
2: put on uh the, the top of iTunes so that somebody coming is like, "Oh yeah, grills. Okay, get uh, <laughs> <laughs> then they get hooked and then uh yeah. Then you give them the one-two punch. Yeah.
0: Well, everyone thinks the morning stream is all about urinary issues. So, you know, <laughs> why the, Why the heck not? Uh, so this year in the competition, uh, things are getting a little tight. We're down to the final, what is it, Brian, five people? We're down to the
2: final five. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So.
0: How, how do you feel being there? Are you, are you comfortable there? Are you, are you ready to keep pushing forward?
1: I'm really excited. I want. I wanted to get here mostly because I have things to learn from doing it myself. Mm-hmm. all of the shows I've ever done, I've had co-hosts. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that's like, Ooh. Yeah. It's, it's okay, I'm uh,
1: responsible and, for everything. <laughs>
2: and now you kind of get into the nitty gritty where instead of saying, you know, to having a teammate and saying, okay, I want you to do the editing. I want you to do the writing. We're getting to the point where in the competition, you're all having to do it all yourself. And, uh, yeah. uh how, how are you feeling about all that?
1: I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, when I have to record something all by myself mm-hmm. is when I'm going to have self-doubt creep in. Sure, But for now, I produce and edit most of my shows, and I've been co-hosting and writing, and although my writing isn't good, I'm much better at the banter <laughs> live.
0: <laughs> sure, sure. Sure. No, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, um, I feel like part of the reason the final five are who they are, uh, for the most part, maybe with a couple of exceptions, but for the most part you guys uh, have got experience in um, not improv shows, but you know being able to just kind of talk from the hip and, and have conversations with other people, which I think is gigantic in the world of podcasting because as much as there are plenty of sort of prepared, pre-written, overly produced kinds of podcasts out there, there are exponentially more shows where it's a little like what we do here. It's a lot of conversation and you know, digging into different personalities and discussing topics and, and that sort of thing. Do you think that's uh do you feel like that's a strength for you going into this final leg?
1: I definitely do because that's an approach I took early on. I mean, being part of the frog pants community is what gave me the confidence to start doing it myself mm. and early. Mm. I don't know. I think it was you Scott gave the advice that people come for the show, but they stay for the hosts.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really do believe and that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's not, and it's almost like uh, if you have, you know, a topic can get you so far, right? Somebody might say, oh, you know, you're covering this thing that I happen to be interested in. But if they get there and they listen and they are not um, retained by the people talking about it, they'll move somewhere, they'll go somewhere else. Like it just is the way it'll go. And so, you know, as somebody who ran a, a really long standing show that was all about World of Warcraft, I got to the point toward toward the end that a big portion of the listeners weren't playing at all. They're not into the game, Mm -hmm. but they were into the conversation and they were into the hosts and they wanted to hear what we had to say about stuff, even if they weren't playing. And I feel like that kind of proved out my theory, which was, that's why they come. They come for what you might be talking about. They stay for who you are and hopefully who you are is, you know, it jives with them. You're not going to be able to make everybody happy, but. But for the most part, you'll, you'll be able to measure your success by that. And I think that's, I think that's still pretty solid advice and I'm glad to hear you uh, that you're doing that for sure. Yeah. Well, if yeah.
1: people want to listen to people they relate to, right. Yeah. And, or get a different perspective from one of the best compliments I ever got was recently I tuned in to watch my TV mm-hmm. and I don't know what, how it came up, but he was talking about geek grills. Oh, cool. And he was saying, this is long overdue. You guys should listen to the show. I was listening and it was just women talking about it. And I had never thought of it that way. Mm. And I was like, success.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's a That's a great moment. I do. Okay. That actually brings up a question for me as the, uh, as, as a, as a female host and creator, uh, how, how important is, is it to you to make sure those voices get heard? Because there's you know, there's no shortage, especially in gaming circles, of dork boys who, you know, either don't want to hear what women have to say or are just sort of oblivious to it. Right. Or and, don't know any women. Yeah, or don't know any <laughs> don't know any women. But but you you've been able to to you know produce a longstanding show with a with a whole lot of episodes behind it where it is that perspective. Has that been I mean, it, I don't know if that was your intent in the beginning, but is it important to you now that you're that voice?
1: It is. It's a primary driver. Even when we started, uh, ladies of Leet had just gone on hiatus mm. and the group of us that were gaming, uh, we had been part of a challenge to Jocelyn's game night mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was, we took her on and we won. Heroes was the storm. Nice. It was awesome. Nice. And a bunch of <laughs> us were like, we, I want a podcast. You know, I want it too. Well, what are we going to talk about? Well, there's not enough women in podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a token women, woman in some of these shows. And we wanted to be a primary voice talking about all the geeky stuff we love. Yeah. And that's how we started it. And we've had a little weird pushback. Like at first, the first time we had a guy on the show, people actually came at us. Like we weren't feminist enough. <laughs> like, why are you having a dude on the show?
0: Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. We well, just, Happen to be women, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Shoving it down your
0: throat, right? I, 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 just, I think it's really important that 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 is how you're doing it. In other words, you're not you're not making a podcast out of a spite or what someone might call an agenda. You're just being who you are, and you're bringing voices in there that that uh, you know that complement that. And it really does go against the norm. I'm I'm telling you, if you look at gaming podcasts, mine included, not enough women that mm-hmm. just aren't there. So those perspectives, as valuable as they are, just don't get heard. So I think that's really cool that you guys are doing that. For sure.
1: And it's sad sometimes when people show up and uh, they come in and they're like, I didn't know this was the Golden Girls.
2: Like, that <laughs> really?
0: What a turd. Wow. wow. First of all, the Golden Girls is awesome. Oh. Number one, all right, that's a great show. <laughs> that's right, and, exactly. And number two, I've been I, called a milf. Yeah, oh, you have. All right.
1: Well, yes. I was like, thank you. I've
0: <laughs> never been called a I've n- I've never been called a Dilf uh, to my face. So yeah. Uh, you're you're one up on us no that's a whole reddit sub subreddit <laughs>
2: that i accidentally <laughs> found one day scott sorry uh,
0: oh shoot i promised
2: i wouldn't tell you about it but, dang it uh,
0: i don't want to even know any more about that subreddit <laughs> uh well it I has been probably- very nice having you on i, I want to make sure people get a chance to check out your work and the fact that you're part of this season this year is um is exciting i i'm hoping the best for everybody of course but if i'm honest i I feel like I glommed onto your style pretty early in this competition as mm-hmm. a judge of that competition. You try to stay impartial, but you know you may have an advantage in that regard, so I'm just warning you that you're kind of ahead <laughs> you're well. ahead on my list, no offense to the rest of them uh but anyway, uh September plug whatever you got going. Tell us about uh geek grills and where you can find it and all that.
1: Well, I made it easy for everyone, and I've created my own website. If you go to nineof12.com, and that's N-I-N-E-O-F-1-2, you can find all of my shows, a bio about me, and hopefully start looking into my content. I'd love to hear from you all. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I would too. And make sure you check out ANTP this season right now so you can see the journey that September's been on and why she is one of our final uh, contestants. Uh, September, have a fantastic uh, rest of your day. And I will never think of you in Borg terms again. I now understand that it's a day, okay? Because for the longest time, I was like 9 of 12. Oh, it's a reference to Star Trek. Isn't that cool? And it just didn't occur to me until yesterday that that's what it was. And I think Brian secretly was laughing at me, and I wouldn't blame him. No, no, never, never. I, I, I. I wouldn't blame him uh anyway
1: because we've explained this a few times i know i think you have
0: (laughs) that's the other thing (laughs) is i i'm oblivious but i'm pretty sure you've explained it before (laughs) anyway thanks for hanging out with us and we'll see you soon
1: thank you guys
0: bye all right uh joining us now uh another good friend of the program and of course a contestant on this year's antp competition aiming to be america's next top podcaster we have jason peters joining us hello jason
3: Hey, Scott.
0: How you doing, man? It's good to have you here. How the heck are you?
3: Doing really well, man. Appreciate you guys having me
0: on. No problem. Um, I did have something I wanted to say about you right off the top here because it's in the context of this show and, then we're, and we're not actually judging tonight. But you have probably the most, um, how do I put this? You're the most exuberant contestant we have right now. <laughs> and I don't mean it in a bad way. Like you've got you've oh. got excitement whenever somebody gives a little bit of judgment. You're always really thankful for it. You even say so. Um, that just seems like it's kind of your vibe. Do I have that right? Are you just that guy in the crowd that's like, yeah, man, let's roll with this. We got this.
3: <laughs> so I'm really good at putting that guy out into the world. Let's put it that way, mm. right? I think, um, you know, it's kind of one of these things where earlier on, you know, you're a little bit artsy or intellectual, whatever it is, you know, and, you know, you kind of want to put together a persona that maybe people resonate with. And this was actually something that I really developed through sales because I got into sales as kind of like my primary means of income. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you know, being a, a low energy salesperson that doesn't really have a lot to say and doesn't take an interest in people, like doesn't really work to your benefit. So, <laughs> yeah, you uh, don't really
2: get a lot of sales. Way, do you? <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah and, exactly. So, yeah. you know, so I try to just pump up the energy and then also just, I like being supportive. Like I really appreciate the arts. I really appreciate creation. So when it's something, like this with antp it's honestly less manufactured than it might be in like the sales world because again like seeing people put themselves out there create work that's original to them seeing people you know do things that they literally haven't done like last week when kelly you know just crushed the editing on the the 50s sci-fi thing that we did and that was her first time like you love seeing that you know so you got to call that out
0: yeah i I agree what was your motivation getting into the competition this year What, what what about it was like man i gotta do this
3: Okay, so funny thing. Recently, I found that creatively, uh, I was kind of, you know, unfulfilled from the standpoint of like, I kind of had a hard time finding my community. I would dabble in a bunch of different things, whether it was stand up comedy, improv, film, acting, a bunch of different things, right? Mm. And um, I realized that I wasn't really committing wholesale to them, right? I was doing the bare minimum, but then not taking that additional step of really building a community, you know, and connecting with people and meeting with them outside of the productions and going on auditions or doing work together, all that stuff. So I realized that I really needed to, to do a better job of just saying yes to things and involving myself, not just keeping myself on an island and cranking out material on my own, but really finding a way to connect with other people And so this kind of came along my purview. To be completely honest, this was not anything I had on my purview. Like, I think it was one of those things where I was scrolling Twitter and one of my followers was like, hey, this thing's going on. I did it before one of the past seasons. It was a really wonderful experience. And I'm like, well, you know, trying to say yes, trying to expand my horizons, do different things. Let's throw something out there and see what happens, man. And, uh, sure enough. Here I, we
0: are. I admire that because, uh, <laughs> I'm the kind that would see somebody put something in my Twitter feed and say, it was really cool and you should do it. And I'd look at it and go, Oh, but I could just eat this bag of chips. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. I could binge this uh, TV series. Or yeah, like that, right? There's other things
0: <laughs> I could be doing. Um, but I, but I really, I, I admire that. Do you, do you feel pretty good about your chances moving forward?
3: I do. I like them. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think Mm -hmm. that, uh, so for our show, uh, esoteric cinema, we do a lot of different types of material. So, you know, the bulk of it is it's a discussion program, but then we also have this kind of unique wrinkle where we do scripted comedy, (laughs) a scripted comedy sketch for every single uh, episode proper that we do. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of given me a chance to touch on all the different aspects of podcasting, whether it's you know the actual just talking myself, whether it's interviewing someone because we've had guests on, whether it's the editing on the back end, you know, trying to write out a run of show, all these sort of different things that I've been able to touch on here and there, and so to be able to take those and bring them here and apply that knowledge to some of these different challenges that you guys have brought to us, um, I found that it's a uh, it's you know it's uh, it's worked to my benefit having that experience. So
0: are you cool. uh, now that you got to be on your own, right? Because from now on it's just you. And you're, well, at least for now, I don't know, Brian may have some surprises. He always has surprises. Always
3: have surprises. Absolutely. You've got to be prepared for anything. Yeah.
0: But the idea of being on your own and not being in a collaborative uh, way of, you know, answering these challenges, is that, do you see that as a daunting uh, thing to think about? Or is, is this more in your wheelhouse?
3: Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Like, I kind of see this as as matters coming full circle, to be completely honest, because yeah. for the last couple of years, I mean, I do have an awesome co-host, my buddy Ryan. We're very good friends. But, you know, we do kind of have uh, very dis- uh, distinctive roles where I do kind of what I would call the pre-production, which is, you know, corralling the guests, doing run of shows, you know, getting the structure. And then he does the back end with um, the editing. So... But even when I'm doing the comedy sketches, like I'll do all of the editing and sound effects. And like each of us does our own unique comedy sketch. We might help with the writing. So all of that to say that, like, I'm kind of used to taking things from concept to completion as it is. And I mean, that that proves true of everything right my my sales cycles i take through from beginning to end uh, film you know i've done films where i've written and directed and produced and shot and done all of that so yeah i'm kind of very used to being a one man show and that's not by I hope it's not because I'm difficult. Uh, hopefully it's just because <laughs> I haven't really been able to get in bed with the right people. But sure. uh, I do know I can be a little much at the same time. I've kind of been trying to scale that back a little bit just to make men's me. So all that to say that, yeah, I think it's kind of just come in full circle. It's been nice from a standpoint of like a workload standpoint of being able to farm out some of those different aspects of the production to different people. But then to be completely honest, you know, being used to having 100% creative control, that's probably been counterbalanced by the work that goes into coming to a consensus on a lot of creative ideas, especially when you have, um, you know, very different creative personalities and distinctive personalities that maybe look at material differently. Uh, That's not always easy to, you know, come to a consensus on matters. So, it's all work. It's just kind of different work.
0: If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I totally understand that. The The, the trick, and it's true of a lot of mediums, I assume, but um, in podcasting, having vastly different personalities is often a strength of the mm-hmm. content. But mm-hmm. what people don't know is that behind the scenes or otherwise, sometimes getting those two or three or four, however many people you have on a show, getting those to mesh well is hard. Yeah, it can be it's hard. It's like a math.
2: It's a math calculation, right? The more voices you have, the more personalities you have, the more chance for stuff to go off the rails or or problems to creep up later. Yeah, on.
0: they can definitely happen. But I, I don't know. In my case, I've been very lucky over the years to pick a, a lot of good people to to run this race with, and and it's worked out great. But I, you know, I know some horror stories from others, and couple of isolated instance instances in my own case where <laughs> no pun intended with that word <laughs> where, uh, where things went a little weird, but, um, yeah. <laughs> it's all, it's all part of the bag and it feels like you, you've got the right attitude for that. Um, and I, and I think that's going to serve you well in these final weeks of, uh, of, of the competition. Speaking of your show that you do with your friend, Ryan, tell us a little bit more about it. What is it? And, and is it something people can check out now?
3: Absolutely. It is. Yeah. So the show is called Esoterica Cinema. Most people follow that up with What the What Cinema. So I'll once again say (laughs) Esoterica Cinema. Okay. And we really earn the esoteric in Esoterica. So there's a lot of podcasts out there that do deep dive analysis on films. We do the same, but it's on most of the most of the films we look at are films that a lot of people have not heard of right so we're out there trying to sort of comb the cinematic universe so to speak for what are the gems out there that history has kind of overlooked right maybe it bombed initially it wasn't the right time uh, politically sensitive whatever the reason right actor was not, you know in a bad place at the time so they couldn't promote the film whatever it is so You know, you can find plenty of podcasts that'll give you a review of Jurassic Park. And we love Jurassic Park. It's one of my all-time favorite movies, right? I grew up on 90s blockbusters. Sure. But the fact of the matter is you can find plenty of podcasts to talk about Jurassic Park. Far fewer podcasts will be out there telling you about Steven Spielberg's first film, Duel, that mm-hmm, he actually made mm-hmm. for television, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we we will look at that film. You go to a, a cinephile podcast and they're going to look at Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. We decided to do Spike Lee's Crooklyn, right? Mm-hmm. So we're trying to look at films that are, you know, still out there in the mainstream. It's not stuff that you have to, you know, go to some... Two-bit theater in Iceland to see because it wasn't distributed. Like, these are all mainstream (laughs) distributed films. But they're films that we feel like history kind of forgot about. So we try to bring them up and say, hey, were these forgotten for a reason? Because cards on the table, some of them are. Yeah. But there's a lot of them that are actually really good that just, you know, haven't resonated throughout history.
1: So yeah, sometimes a, they're just wrong
0: time, right? Wrong time, wrong place, wrong audience. I I, I always think of something like, um, I don't know, I love Waterworld. It's no, I mean, people are not shocked by me saying this. <laughs> you know, really? Wow. I, re- I really do love that movie. But at the time, it was panned. It had a horrible performance at the box office and all these stories surrounding yeah. it, how difficult, you know, Kevin Costner was to work with and blah, blah, blah. But I feel like sometimes time can heal some of those wounds and... And remind people that some of that stuff was, you know, maybe a little, maybe ahead of its time, maybe a little too creative for its own good, you know, like some of those things. And it sounds like that's what you guys are mining. I think that's very cool.
3: Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. And one thing that's kind of unfortunate about the way people look at film these days is, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the sort of behind the scenes reality, especially with just the, you know, media exposure and social media being able to get these stories out there, it it can often overshadow the work itself. Right. So, no, you never it wasn't it was the case like fifty years ago, the technology didn't exist to leak a Christian bail rant ahead of his film coming out, right? You <laughs> right. just didn't have that. Yeah. It was probably happening, yeah. but it just wasn't able to get out there in the world to affect the box office. Now that's a bad example because that Terminator is an awful Terminator movie. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that's an example. But like there are instances where, hey, you know what, something beyond the scope of just the film itself. Yeah. happened to sour the audience on it before it even came out. So they didn't give it a fair shake of oh, time heals all wounds. Then we come back to it with fresh eyes and it's like, Hey, you know what? This thing's actually not so bad.
0: Yeah. And there's some, you'll see, I'm sure that are like, Oh, that is as bad as we all thought it was. Man- maybe
3: <laughs> <laughs> and surprising things. Like we didn't realize how poorly a lot of like, 90s kind of comedies age, right? Like a lot of the humor in those is very insensitive and we just kind of, it's, you know, at the time we didn't really think much of it, but now, you know, with kind of 25 years of, you know, better cultural understanding and where we've come, it's like, Oh yeah, these are, these are a little, a little rough to go back and watch, uh, but at the same time, good on us, yeah. good on us that we can sit here and say, Hey, we probably shouldn't have made that joke.
0: Yeah. So it's a, it's a good, it's a good point. We can acknowledge it. It can still exist and we can have a different view of it. It's all good in the end. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of all good in the end, I hope that your run through uh, this, the remaining bits of this competition are, uh, are right where you want to be. And if that's the winner, hey happen. man, uh, wind to your back. As one of your judges, all I can say is, keep on going. You know, there's a reason you're in the final five, and uh, you know, who knows how it'll go? Who knows who's, who knows what jury wrath will fall upon who in the coming right. weeks? Oh gosh, you know. Uh, but I, I I'm, uh, I'm pulling for you, dude. I hope it goes really well for you. And uh, remind people one more time the name of your show and where they can get it.
3: Absolutely. It is Esoterica Cinema. You can find us on literally every streaming platform out there. Spotify, Amazon, Google, ITC, which is Apple. Uh, we even recently got on Ghana, which is an Indian platform. We're experiencing some nice growth out there. Interesting. So, yeah. And then uh, we do have the website EsotericaCinema.com where we'll give you a little bit more about all the different things that distinguish us from uh, the other stuff that's out
0: there. Very nice. Jason Peters, thanks for hanging out with us today and good luck with the rest of the competition.
3: Scott, Brian,
1: appreciate you guys. All right. I'll see you soon.
3: Thanks, man. All
0: right.